0: hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the fox nomad podcast i'm your host fox nomad i don't know if you can hear the creaking chair that i'm in but i'm in a very unusual location i'm in a very old building a very some might say storied building some might say perhaps visited by spirits building or maybe it's just an old building i happen to be visiting i'm on the road but this is the halloween episode now if you've been listening to the fox and my podcast you know that every season this is season five we do a special halloween episode it's really fun i like researching and finding these ghost stories i love reading about haunted hotels i love the idea because i think any hotel at night is creepy like you're just walking down the hallway Any hotel can be creepy because it's all these hallways and there's all these people living in all these rooms or you don't know, maybe they're empty. Maybe they're full of people. You have no idea, but at night you're wandering the hallway, this once crowded area, you know, I think that's, there's something spooky and eerie about that. It's like when you go to a park during the day and it's bustling and it's full of life and there are people and there are joggers and at night, late at night, there's nobody, there's something really creepy about crowded places not being crowded anymore, right? When you catch those times and hotels are great for that. So today in the Halloween special, I want to talk about some hotels that if you're scared of ghosts, you probably won't be staying at these places, but they have some great ghost stories. I want to talk about some of the most haunted places in the US. There's actually a list. It's a it's a pretty weird list, but there is a list. But first, but first, I want to talk about where Halloween began. Now, if you had to guess, where did Halloween begin? You might be thinking now this is a worldwide holiday. It's all over the world, but you might be thinking, well, it's probably somewhere in Europe, this is probably where it took place and you would be right. You know, you might be thinking places like Germany. You might be thinking places like Denmark, somewhere around there. You know, I feel like Halloween and Christmas sort of have this There's a tie to those holidays. I mean, maybe not, but they, you know, when you, that Christmassy feel kind of feels like that Halloweeny feel, So you might be thinking of that part of the world and you're not too far off. You're right. If you're in Europe, but it's actually from Ireland, which surprised me to be honest, so now Ireland is famous in this article. It talks about from insider that they're famous for concocting bewitching cauldrons of mysteries and merriment and Halloween time. And Ireland is the country where Halloween all began. Now, if you want to go all the way back to Halloween's origins, you've got to go to the ancient east of the Celtic festival of Samhain, which is a celebration of fire and feasting that marked the end of the season of light and the beginning of the dark days of winter. We have just passed the solstice, as you know, so we've got equal days of light and dark, depending, of course, where you are in the world. And... It is going to get darker from here on out over the next couple of months. And this is a time when the Celts believed that there was an interaction between the worlds of the living and the the world of the dead. And that's when spirits could move between them. Now, fearing this, of course, you know, having spirits coming into the living world and then maybe taking some of the living into the spirit world the Celts would disguise themselves in costumes to confuse and scare off the roaming ghosts, fairies, hobgoblins, and demons. not just ghosts. you got a lot of things running around at this time of the year. Now, the modern practice of dressing up at Halloween is firmly rooted in these old pre-Christian Celtic customs, as is the tradition of lighting bonfires, which began in the hilltops of Ireland with clans and communities gathering light, gathering to light huge ceremonial Samhain fires. Sorry, my distraction... I was distracted there for a minute because I don't know if you heard that sound, but since I started recording this, there have been some very weird sounds in this echoey, echoey place that I happen to be in. And normally I would edit all that out, but no. Now we're giving the raw feed today because I want you to hear all of the, the creepiness that is around me and around you, perhaps. Or maybe you're listening to this at seven in the morning while you're going to work. Which isn't so, which is creepy in a different way, maybe, depending on how much you like your job or not. Anyway, back to the story. Okay, so <clears throat> one of the biggest Celtic festivals of fire was at the peak of I You know, I I cannot say this. Tlutchtaga, or the Hill of the Ward, which is in present day County Meath. So. Recent archaeological excavations suggest that the hill was used for feasting and celebration over 2,000 years ago, and old manuscripts reveal that the the Celts lit a fire here from which all the fires of Ireland were rekindled. That is a great story. To this day, the area around the hill of Ward and the nearby hill of Tara, where the high kings of Ireland ruled, remains one of the centers of Irish Halloween traditions. The Puka Festival... A 21st-century Samhain celebration is held in County Meath and neighboring County Louth every year. Now, celebrating Ireland as the birthplace of Halloween, puka events include an impressive reenactment of the symbolic lighting of the Samhain fire, live music performances, amazing light installations and more, lit up pumpkins with ghoulish faces and uh, a few other tra- common traditions now, which also began in Ireland, where turnips and large potatoes served as the original jack-o'-lanterns are also done at this festival. So if you are looking for perhaps some travel plans around Halloween, maybe next year, you now have a place and a festival that you might want to consider. In fact, I'm thinking about it too. I feel like that is an interesting uh, place to go. Now, one other piece of trivia, let's One other piece of Halloween trivia. Did you know that the Halloween decoration that we call the jack-o'-lantern actually also comes from Ireland? It comes from an Irish folktale about a man named Stingy Jack who played a trick on the devil. As a punishment for his trickery, the devil doomed Jack to wander eternity with only a burning ember from the everlasting fires of hell inside a turnip to light his way. Irish immigrants eventually brought the tradition to America, home of the pumpkin, and the winter squash has now become an integral part of Halloween festivities. Also, trick-or-treating also originated in Ireland. In this case, with children and the poor going from door to door to ask for food, kindling, or money, they sang songs or offered prayers for the soul of the dead in return for food. Unusually, a soul cake, which was flattened bread that contained fruit, this was the traditional Kind of halloween treat that was given out and this was known as soling so the custom of dressing up in costumes and making house visits to request a small presence of sweets fruit and money is still alive in ireland today and now has really taken over a lot of the world and that's that's where that's where halloween comes from so a lot of things i didn't know but halloween really has its roots in ireland now if you're wondering about ghosts, though, so those are all worldwide. That's totally real. It's totally ghosts everywhere, right? So if you want to know the most haunted, haunted places in the world, I found a website which literally counts the number of haunting sightings or like reports of ghost sightings. You yeah, there's a website for that. It's called uh, this is from Matador Network, but it, there is a monitoring site called slot source and they monitor paranormal activity in all 50 states and they identify the most haunted destinations. Now, if you had to guess, where do you think the most haunted places are? Now, these are not per, you know, per like, we're just going with the pure numbers. So if you're going by pure numbers, you would be right that the most populated states tend to have the most ghost sightings, Texas being number one, with 6,845 ghost sightings last year. Uh, California comes in second with just a little under 6,500 ghost sightings. Then there's Ohio, Michigan, and Illinois to make out the top five. Now, the percentage of the population who have seen ghosts, Now, so we're going on the percentage, is Texas still has 0.02% of the population have seen a ghost. If you, if you add up the numbers, now, looking down on this list, Missouri, yeah, that was surprising, Point zero two two six percent of the people I've seen ghosts, tied with Wisconsin. There you go, Wisconsin, followed up by Kentucky, which seems to have an absurdly high number of ghost sightings. Now, one state that's not on the top 20, which really surprised me, is Louisiana, because Louisiana has just this sort of lore of being really haunted and ghost stories and all these weird sort of things happening in the Bayou and all that didn't make the top 20. And if you want to know the last list, the least most haunted place state in the United States, it's Delaware. And yes, Delaware remains to be the most boring place in the United States, even in the ghosts don't even want to hang out there. If you're from Delaware, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. And you may try to, filter out the sarcasm that is in my voice there's a ton of sarcasm in there right lots of sarcasm anyway lots of love to delaware now if you want to go test out these ghost sightings or maybe you want to add your own ghost sighting to the list maybe your state maybe well not your state but maybe you want to increase the number of ghost sightings you know get equal representation there are a few places that you can visit all around the world which are pretty haunted And some of them you can sleep in at night. And if that scares you, it might be your kind of travel. So let's start off with the place called Sloss Furnaces. This is in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, this place, this city was founded five years after the Civil War in 1871. And when that founding happened, there was a lot of pig iron to fix the U.S. crumbling infrastructure needed. So Colonel James Withers Sloss began Sloss Furnaces. A year later, the company opened its doors to hundreds of employees, according to its official website. And jobs on blast furnaces were advanced, but also dangerous. And many workers flocked and started, you know, coming to these furnaces to work. However, many of them started falling to their deaths in the furnaces. Remember, this was a very treacherous job, very dangerous, and uh, you know, people are coming for the work, but it's also very treacherous and jobs were not easy to come by at the time. So by the early 1900s, the conditions had even worsened with a cruel foreman, James Slag Wormwood, who took dangerous risks to increase production, according to Reader's Digest. During his tenure at Sloss, nearly 50 employees died on site and many others were involved in terrible, disfiguring accidents. Allegedly, his workers threw him into the furnace in retaliation in 1906. Today, you can still walk the grounds of Sloth's Furnaces if you dare. You may even hear Slag's voice yelling, get back to work as other witnesses have heard and had other paranormal experiences at Sloth's Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, that one is a little bit of an older story, but here's something that's a little bit more recent. This is the crying the crying. This is the crying lady in the Dakota in New York, New York City. Now. Since opening in 1884, the Dakota apartment building has been home to many rich and famous residents in New York City, among them who were John Lennon and Yoko Ono, who moved there in 1973. Now, if you are old enough to remember, or maybe you're interested in the Beatles or John Lennon, you might also recognize that name because this is the building outside of which John Lennon was assassinated in 1980. Now, before that fateful day on December 8th, though, John said he heard John said he would see a crying lady ghost walking the halls afterward Yoko who still lives there claimed she saw John's ghost sitting at his piano and that he said to her don't be afraid I am still with you now this building has a storied past and lots a lot of sightings have been reported by the residents there and if now we're sticking to sort of the, the eastern part of the US here is a here is if you, maybe you're at this point point you're like, I don't believe ghost stories. Those aren't real. Well, let me test you with this. Let's see, would you stay here for one night? Would you stay at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas? Now, the Crescent Hotel is known to be haunted. It is in Arkansas, Eureka Springs, which opened in 1886. Now, during the construction, a worker named Michael was killed and his ghost still reportedly haunts room 218. The hotel came under ownership of known medical fraud Norman Baker in 1937, who fancied himself a doctor, although he was not one. He turned the hotel into the Baker Cancer Hospital, claiming that he had cured cancer, but, well, obviously he did not. So the patients who came there died under his care. Many of them were buried right in the hotel's basement, which served as a makeshift morgue. He was only arrested in 1940, that is three years after claiming to treat all these cancer patients who died and then were buried in the basement. But the hotel today is still open. And guests often say they see visions, apparitions, and they hear noises during their stay. And even apparently on the show Ghost Hunters, the sci-fi show Ghost Hunters, footage of something moving in the basement has been seen. I'll let you I'll let you Google around and see if you can find that. But is that a place that you would stay now for me? Like I said, all hotels are inherently creepy, especially at night. There is a creepiness to a hotel. you are in a strange location. Fun fact, if you have read Matthew Walker's book about sleep, I don't recall the title, but it is a excellent book when you sleep in a new location. So for all of you travelers, your brain, part of your brain stays awake. In fact, you don't get the, the deeper levels of sleep. And he talks about this phenomena and it might be some kind of ancient survival mechanism we have that when we are in unfamiliar territory, our brains don't let us sleep deep, very deeply. And it allows us to stay awake, to be more alert for the things that might be around us because we are, again, in unf- unfamiliar um, places. And, you know, animals like dolphins and sea lions, they spend especially sea lions, you know, they spend a lot of days out, you know, sometimes weeks out at sea and they sleep half of their brain at a time. And there's still some vestigial remnants of that in us. And that's how our brain works when we are in unfamiliar locations. Part of our brain actually doesn't let us fall asleep into those deeper levels of sleep. And that's where you might get a sort of mixing of the state where you're half awake and half asleep, like in a hotel where you're unfamiliar and you are much more attuned to the sounds around you because you are in this more heightened state. So you tend to hear more things. You might see things. You might experience things like night tears, which is a state where you your body is sort of still in REM sleep, but you are conscious for it. Or you have figures standing above you in the middle of night, or at least that you think. Maybe someone standing in the doorway. All of these things lead to some very creepy experiences. Maybe there's some connection to that, all of this, but I hope you enjoyed this little episode of the Halloween special of the Fox Nomad podcast. And now I want to give you a couple of, you know, let me give you a bonus story. Let's talk about, again, Alabama, Abbeville, Alabama. This, This is, this part of the United States is just littered with ghosts. It is where there are a lot one of the oldest parts of the U.S., you know, at least the modern U.S. And there's a lot of ghost stories from this part of the world. Now, if you want to go to Abbeville, Alabama, you maybe want to avoid hugging Molly's chilly embrace. So here's the legend. I'll leave you with this one as we round out the 2023 Halloween episode of the Fox podcast. So as the legend goes, Beginning in the early 1900s, an oversized figure clad in all black began roaming the streets at night, looking for unsuspecting victims. Once she fixates on someone, she hugs the person and screams loudly into their ears. Many people have recounted stories of being chased. What they believe, many people have recounted stories of being chased by what they believe was hugging Molly. Local parents have even taken advantage, to, <laughs> taken advantage of the story to keep their children in line, and the town embraces its nighttime warden proudly, calling itself the home of Hugging Molly. Hugging Molly. There is even a family-friendly restaurant named after her. So, if you want to wander the streets of Abbey Abbeville, Alabama, and see, you know, walk at night and see if you can see Hugging Molly. Hopefully, not too up close. There you go. Thanks very much for joining me on this short, uh, you know, off-schedule episode of the Fox Nomad podcast. I really appreciate all of your support now that we've got season five kicking and running. Thank you very much. If this show scared you, please leave five stars. If it didn't scare you and you don't believe in ghosts, please leave five stars wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. I hope you have a great Halloween and a great rest of your week. We've got a lot of episodes... I'm very excited to share with you coming up. So make sure that you stay tuned for those. But for now, I hope you have a great rest of your day.